Heavenly Father, I will thank you for tonight. I will bless you because you did not leave us without teaching us how to speak to our Father who is in heaven. So we look into your word tonight. We pray for understanding of your word through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Brian, uh, for doing that Bible reading from Matthew chapter 6. Verse 5 to 15, if you have closed it, I will encourage you to please open your Bible with me to page 970, it's Matthew chapter 6, and uh, our Bible reading is from verse 5, just as Brian read to us, we're going to look into those verses together and see why we should pray. Prayer is considered as Christian doctrine. Some feel we only pray to God when we need something from Him. When we are in a kind of trouble or only when we are in church because it is part of the liturgy. There is a virus going on everywhere around the world. And we see the need for us to pray. To pray to God, to Almighty God, to save us, to protect us, to guide us. Not only in physical uh, afflictions, but also to guide us spiritually as we seek to know him more and to move closer to him. But tonight, have we ever asked ourselves the question, why do we pray? And if we have a good reason for praying, how and where should we pray? My mother-in-law loves to pray. God bless her. She's still alive. She's doing well in Nigeria. And she can pray for long hours on her knees. Just because someone told me when I was young that if you want to marry a woman, visit her in her house early in the morning to know and see her real facial beauty. The undiluted beauty that is not mixed with makeup. So one fateful morning, I visited Sharon early in the morning, and uh, sometimes whenever I knocked the door, I got caught up in her mom's prayer time. Anytime I come in, her mom will signal to you to join in, and you know this, you know, you know the rule in Nigeria. If an elderly person says "come," you dare not say no. So whenever she signals to join in, I always feel uncomfortable. Because she keeps praying and praying and praying. She'll pray for everyone. And after about 20 minutes of praying on her knee non-stop, I try to sneak and look. (laughs) (laughs) I just disappear. That somehow puts me off from early morning visits to Sharon's family at that (laughs) stage. It's good to pray. It's good to pray. But why do we pray? In the Bible from Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says in verse 5, And when you pray. Look again with me in verse 6. It says, but when you pray. Do you see that? And see in verse 7. And when you pray. Then in verse 9, it says, this is then how you should Pray. Jesus tells us to pray. He did not only tell us 
to pray, but he also instructed us on how not to pray. And this is my first point. We've established the fact that praying is actually something good. It is what Jesus wants us to do. And we can see how much it was uh, uh, said between verse 5 and verse 9. And when you pray, but when you pray, and when you pray, this is then how you should pray. But the first thing that Jesus focused on is an instruction on how not to pray. That's my first point. Jesus went on to say in verse 5, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you, they have received their reward in full. This is not to say that public prayer is not good. But the concern is your mind towards public prayer. Why are you doing it? Why are we engaged in public prayer? What is the attitude for praying publicly? After all, in the church, we have a communal time of prayer. And I remember a few weeks ago, all churches in Donacloni came together to St. Patrick's for a time of prayer. Why are we doing this? Is it for people to see that we are praying? What is the attitude for praying publicly? Thinking about the Pharisees, they prayed to be seen by men. A show-off kind of prayer. They stand on the street corner where people will see them and they pray. But for us tonight, when we come together to pray, either in the church or in prayer meeting, we should be mindful of the dangers in engaging in public prayer. Our prayer should not be with performance. We don't need eloquent speech when we speak to God. God is more interested with our heart and right attitude when we pray. Remember that when we pray with the right attitude, it brings reward as we can see at the end of verse 5. Also in verse 8, Jesus said, For God your Father know what you need before you ask him. So you don't need to pray like pagans. You don't need to pray like non-Christians. People that pray with many words, verse 7 says, because they think they will be heard because of their many words. I've been to prayer meeting and I'm not trying to discourage people praying out loud. People pray, some are very good in oratory kind of uh, prayer in the sense that they want to use smooth and beautiful words and they feel that is the way that we will accept them. No. When we pray, we pray to our Father in heaven. He sees our heart. He knows exactly what we need and what we want to ask from him before we say it. It's not about how much we speak. It's not about how lengthy is our prayer. You don't need to pray for three hours 
before God hears you. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here, the Bible shows us the right attitude to prayer. A sense of knowing why we are praying, to whom we are speaking, which conveys an intimacy between us and God, who is our Father. And remember, like I said earlier on, there is always a reward, a reward for us when we pray. What are the benefits? What are the rewards that we derive from prayer? One, prayer relieves our anxiety. Prayer relieves our anxiety. Sometimes we want things to happen. Sometimes we're nervous. Sometimes we're just thinking, how is it going to be? How is it going to happen? Instead of panicking, why don't we take a moment to say it to the Lord and pray about it. That situation that worries your mind, that disturbs you. Why don't you take a pause and just say, God, this is my plea. Prayer relieves our anxiety. And the second reward of prayer is that God answers prayers. He knows what you need before you ask. But yet, He still wants you to ask. He gives to his children what he knows is necessary. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't leave us with some questions which we don't have answers to. God hears prayer. Just as we read from 1 John chapter 5, from verse 13, that Brian read to us earlier on. God hears prayer. He knows exactly what we need. But we need to be honest with ourselves. Not all prayers get answered. Why? Because God did not leave us with answer to all questions. Paul the Apostle, in one of his letters, wrote, he said, there is a pain in my body. If God can take this away, I'll be so glad. But the response he got is that my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes in our needs, sometimes in our pain. When we learn to rely and depend on God, His grace is always sufficient for us. The third reward that we derive when we pray is that prayer strengthens our faith. Although we don't receive answers, but it strengthens our faith when we are tempted to think God does not hear our prayer. Let us learn how to pray simply. Let's learn how to pray honestly. And sometimes using God's word and put it back to him. God, you said in your word that. Put it back to him. 
When we learn to do that, praying with the word of God, it encourages, it strengthens our faith. This morning, the lady was leading the prayer, the communal prayer in the church. And I saw the pattern of her praying. She was using the word of God to pray in Warrenstown this morning. For every prayer point, she always had the word of God to back it up. Excellent. We can all learn that. Just open the Bible and say, Lord, this is what you say. I believe it. And what that does is that it strengthens your faith in Christ. It strengthens your faith in his word. It makes you much more relaxed. That because the Lord says, it will guide me, it will protect me. You can read Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. You know, Don't recite it, but read it meditatively and pray it out to yourself. I want to encourage you in that word of the song that we're going to sing soon. The song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear and what a privilege to carry everything to God. In prayer, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What is that thing that you're leaving behind that you have not taken to God in prayer? What is that anxiety? What is that worry? What is that pain? Take it to the Lord in prayer. And after considering how not to pray, in my first point, thinking about the right and wrong attitude to prayer, in the sense that when we pray either in the public, in the church, or we decide to pray in the quietness of our own house, the attitude, the wrong and the right attitude to prayer, after we've considered these things, I'm led to my second and final point. How we should pray. Verse 9. Look with me in your Bible. The Bible says, This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. How we should pray. It starts with hallowing the name of God. To hallowed is to reference or to set apart for certain task. We pray that the name of God is hallowed. Hallowed be your name, not ourselves. We pray that God's name be put first in all things. A songwriter in America, Don Moe, wrote a song that says, More of you and less of me. Our prayer is directed to God. And our focus should be on Him. 
After all, he's our father and we want to pray to him. That is where our focus should be. We should reference, give him all the due reference and keep our focus on him. But what are the things we pray for? We see that all the way from verse 10. After we hallow the name of our Lord God, verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is a prayer point for us to pray. When we pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying that God should hasten the reconciliation of all things to himself. The kingdom of God is the will of God. And the will of God is that all people should come to him. We saw that from Genesis at the creation story. He created man, Adam and Eve to be together in fellowship with him. But sin entered the world and created a separation between us and God. And from chapter 3 of Genesis, God has put up a plan, a redemption plan to bring man back to himself. This is the will of God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. A situation, a, a, a situation where you have God and man living together in harmony. A relationship with God. God's will is to see people come to Christ. His will is to see us as children living in obedience to him. But we can only do this when we learn to depend on him at all times. Verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. We should depend on God daily as we seek to live a modest life. When we think about that word, bread as food could mean a means of sustenance. But what sustains us spiritually as Christians is our total dependence on God for our daily forgiveness of sin. Food is not identified as our greatest need in this verse. Rather, our need for the forgiveness of sin is more important to God as we can see in verse 12. See what the Bible says. It says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. What Christ is more concerned about is not just the bread, but it's about the forgiveness of sin. It's about reconciling man back to himself. And that is what God's will is. That is what it means to have God's kingdom here on earth. Because in heaven, everything is reconciled with God. And God wants to reconcile man back to himself. So he says in verse 12, forgive us our debts. As we have also forgiven our debtors. Brothers and sisters, we need to depend on God daily for the forgiveness of our sin. Because we sin every day. And we need to depend on God for him to help us in our helpless state. So far, to summarize what we have been learning. If we acknowledge our sinfulness. If we cry to God for forgiveness. 
And when we are forgiven by God, we will be here of his kingdom with other saints redeemed. As we have just prayed, just as we hallowed his name, putting God first in all things. Now, I'm going to tell you about my visit recently when I moved to Donacloni Parish. I visited uh, someone's house. I'm glad the lady is here, but I'm not going to look into her face so she doesn't know I'm talking about her. <laughs> I visited a family in December and I was offered tea or coffee. I chose to have coffee and I thought I wouldn't take any other thing until I saw this irresistible Christmas cake. Do you like cake? <laughs> yes. That cake was really tempting that you cannot say no to such offer. The lady is very good in making Christmas cake. Unfortunately, I can't take it with me when I was leaving. And this is not to say, listen now, this is not to say you should not offer me cake whenever I visit you. <laughs> because anytime I visit you, if you offer me cake, I am not going to refuse the temptation of taking it, especially when it's a Christmas cake. Verse 13. Let's read it together. Jesus said something in verse 13. And I want us to read that together. Open your Bible. And after the count of three, we're going to read verse 13 together. One, two, three. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus teaches us to pray not to be led into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one that is the devil. This is the greatest deliverance that we all need. After seeking God's forgiveness, we need to pray that God protect us from future sin. As we continue to grow in Christ as Christians. It's not a temptation about food. It's not a temptation about Christmas cake. It's actually the temptation from sin. Christian faith is a journey. And each day, we depend on God for his forgiveness as we pray that he keeps us from falling again. Looking into verse 14 to 15, which talks about forgiveness received from God as we forgive those who sin against us. That does not mean that we will not be forgiven our sin if we fail to forgive other people who sin against us. Let's not read the Bible in that way. What the Bible is trying to say to us is that when we receive forgiveness from God, we are more inspired and obliged to forgive other people who have sinned against us. These verses from verse 14 to 15 had greater depth to the concept of forgiveness as God desired to be. God desire that we would know that as sinners, forgiven by God, as sinners saved by grace, we need to understand our personal obligation to live out a life of forgiveness towards other people. Don't say, I'm not going to forgive him. I'm not going to forgive her. It's hard to forgive. I can understand 
But we need the grace of God to lead us towards forgiving other people. Asking forgiveness from God helps us to see our own state of sinfulness and our need to forgive others who have sinned against us. Tonight, from the Word of God, Jesus taught us why we should pray. He taught us how to have the right attitude to prayer, knowing that prayer should be intentional, knowing that we should set out time for prayer, and he also taught us how we should pray, using the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let us take a moment of silence to pray to Almighty God who has taught us how to pray. Let's leave or take a moment rather of silence to pray to him from what we have learned from this message tonight. Let us pray. We bless you Lord for your word. We thank you because you've taught us to pray. We pray that you will help us to pray with the right attitude. Help us to direct our prayers to you, our Father. Let us realize our sinfulness and the need for the Savior, Jesus Christ, to forgive our sin. And help us, O oh Lord, to grow daily in you. To grow closer to you. To learn to live in forgiveness with other people around us. And to love you for the rest of our life.